1: the Bob Cordaro Show podcast. While trudging through the sand, I found a piece of paper clutched in a young man's hand. And upon that paper, the words he wrote were not filled with despair, just thoughts from the heart of a brave young lad. He called it a soldier's prayer. I took the paper from his hand and read it aloud will there be a place in heaven for a person such as me who through youth and love for life isn't all you'd have me be I've been a man with a short time now and I'll ask you this if I might isn't fighting for freedom's cause a fight that's always right The men I've killed, some things I've done are not things I've wanted to do, but a job I believe had to be done by we who believe in you. I had those thoughts upon my mind when I heard that deadly sound. Then all around me, one by one, my friends fell to the ground. Somehow, I knew before it hit, Fear ran up my spine. I felt a blast tearing my side. I knew this one was mine. There'll be much grief for loved ones at home when they learn that I'm dead. Please ease their pain and let them know these things that I have said. Time's run out. I can feel death's sting. Oh God, please hear my plea. Let there be a place in heaven for a person such as me. Lord, this is the chaplain, I'm here with this lad. Our country's given the finest it had. We who are older and have studied your word know this boy's prayer is more than just heard. It's answered with your love and the promise that there will be a special place in heaven for a person such as he.
2: That's Coffee Anderson, 2019 Memorial Day song. We are uh, back in business here, Club for Common Sense. And we say great good morning to you, everyone. It's 10 a.m. in Northeast Pennsylvania, Friday, May 26, 2023. It is Memorial Day weekend. This is the Bob Cutter Show, and I am he. It is a big day to fight for America, defend our values, and honor the brave who have made us and kept us free. People like Joseph Barna of Freeland, who we honor today and who has honored us with his presence in studio. So with history, our great founding fathers, and the incomparable Constitution of the United States of America as our guides, let us continue today's battle. A reminder, this Bob Cadaro show, it will always be convincingly conservative, lovingly logical, proudly and passionately patriotic, and reliably right. And we do honor Joseph Barna, Marine Corps veteran, Korean War combat veteran, and we were talking with Joe about his exploits, and by the way, thanks to his dear friend Frank Ballin, who brought him here and is with us in the studio as well. So we sort of left off where you were told to walk up a hill, and it's your initial moments in country and you knew there was a battle, a raging battle the, the night before take us from there to tell us some of your experiences in the Korean war, Joseph Barna.
0: Well, I, I got to the top of the hill and there was a trench there, a long trench right around the hill. And there was a few bunkers there. Bunkers is sandbag. It's actually a sandbag room where the command post, they called, it, where the, our leader was sitting. And the corpsman stayed in there. The radio was in there. And me carrying, I was issued a flamethrower. They gave me a flamethrower. I walked in there. They said, there's your weapon in the corner there. And I looked there. There was a pile of, pile of steel, actually. That's all right. I saw because I never I never used one before. I never had one before.
2: You trained on all the other weapons. So between all the other this.
0: weapons in the main weapons company, I never, I never used a, we- a flamethrower. So I said, "Why me? I'm only 150 some pound. I'm a, o- I can not carry that." He said, "That's your weapon." And I see a guy next to me walking about six foot two, about 200 pounds, <laughs> carrying a 45. You know, I,
2: I think something ain't right here. <laughs> said, You're the I, new guy. That's what it is. <laughs>
0: then, then I said, I. Like, I guess I have to accept this challenge, I guess. So I, 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 I took it. It's my job.
2: Well, And now, now explain it. The, the, and you've got a picture here, but we're on radio. A fl- it, it's, it's, got a, it's got a gun, but it, you have to fl- put the actual door, gas tanks on your back.
0: A, f- a flamethrower contains five gallons of, of a mixture of napalm and gasoline. It has two tanks on it and one tank of all hydrogen to expel it from the, the weapon itself. It has a long handle that you hold to shoot out the fire. It, it, you shoot out a ball of fire. You can shoot it out at about 125 feet wow. maximum. But the the 5-gallon fl- fuel in the flame floor only lasts about—are you ready for this? 24 seconds. Oh, my gosh. And when that 24 seconds is gone, you you have nothing. I had a forty-five on my side. That's all beside that. I taped a gun to my arm or my flamethrower. Otherwise, I'd have been defenseless. But then I had to drop that off because it was only weighing me down. And when it was empty, it was no good when it was empty. And they had usually had two or three in, the, in a bunker. You'd go and grab another one. But you only use that in a real emergency. Joe win.
2: Barna, would you compare it to a like a scuba, uh, like a scuba, a two-tank scuba thing that you had on your back? Is it sort of like that?
0: Well, it was like two two separate tanks with the mixture. And the th- third tank was the hydrogen, oh. and it. I mean, it, it fit my back pretty good. But <laughs> it fit it pretty good. But uh, oh. I never expected to carry one. I never expected to use one. In fact. But I I took it. I took the job because I couldn't say no. You don't say no in the Marines.
2: Yeah. Joseph Barna, what was the first time you recall using this flamethrower?
0: About a week later, there was a battle. And we were attacked one night. A battle over there starts with, all you hear is about 100 bugles blown. They're all blown different tunes. Oh, my gosh it's it's really nerve-wracking, it's psychol- I guess it's psychologically or something, I don't know. But you hear these bugles blown, and all of a sudden, you see flares go up in the sky. When the sk- flares come down, the bugles stop, and then you hear the screaming. They're coming up the hill after you. And you look down the hill, and you see hundreds, I mean, actually hundreds of Chinese North Korean troops come up that hill, trying to take that hill off you. And that's when that's when the firing starts. But before that, they'll give you a barrage of artillery to soften you up, and that all you can do is just huddle down in a trench and try hope one don't land in a trench with you. But uh, it's hard to do that, too, though. In the Korean War, the Marines, or before the Korean War, the Marine Corps fought a, a defense, offensive war. They were always on the go. In Korea, they they were stuck in a mountain trench. They had no place to go. They had to sit there and take it. It was a different kind of war, actually, for the Marines. But that's what we were ordered to do. We never, we never had hot co- hot cup of coffee in the morning. We had no hot meals. We slept on the dirt floor. But we had friendship. We had a close bond between us. You can't, you can't imagine the closeness there is. Men in combat, believe me. Mm-hmm. They they die for each other. I mean I seen twelve of my protectors die protecting me. In fact, I had three Canadian Marines that come in our Marine Corps who volunteered to protect me when I was out there in a battle. One would be on each side of me and one in front of me. One night a shell landed and killed three of them and I wasn't scratched. I didn't have a scratch on me. I guess God didn't want me yet then.
2: Joe Barna, we're going to take a break. Uh, We're going to continue talking. I want to talk about the first time you remember using that fearsome weapon uh, and then the first time you you get wounded uh, in in this Korean conflict. We'll take a break. Uh, Joseph Barna is our guest, Korean War veteran, Marine, and Patriot with us now. We'll take a break and be back on the Bob Cadaro Show.
0: Yeah, it was years ago the, called me.
2: Justin Moore, 2019, the ones who didn't make it home. Bob Canaro back with you on the eponymous show, W-I-L-K. We're talking with Joseph Barna, Korean War veteran, as we roll into this beautiful Memorial Day weekend and remember what it is about. Combat veteran, Purple Heart recipient. So, Joe, you carried the flamethrower. And you told me it was 68 pounds. You're 155. That's right. And it was also incredibly dangerous to handle. And you told me about someone from Wilkesbury who found out about your exploits and called you to tell you his uncle died uh, while using and, and possessing this flamethrower. Can you tell me about that interaction?
0: We were in a battle one night, pretty big battle. A lot of Chinese North Koreans were attacking our hill, so we had two flamethrower men out there, me and this other guy. He carried—he was about fifty feet away from
2: me. And you don't know he's from home. He's just another guy fighting know, for you and with you.
0: You don't—you don't, you don't know, know who's with you. You just know by hey, marine, yeah. marine. But he he was on a flamethrower, and a shell or something or a bullet hit the flamethrower, and it exploded. And he he got a ball of fire just engulfed him. He got burnt alive. Then when I was home a couple of years ago, some young kid, some young boy called me, and he said, "You know, my dad was in Korea in the Marines, and he was carrying a flamethrower, and he was killed over there." But I wouldn't. I I wouldn't tell him I knew. I saw it happen in That I said, yeah. yeah, we had other guys over there too. I yeah. said we had b- many flamethrowers. Actually, I mean, we had about eight in the, up in a the hill there. But uh, I I couldn't tell him that I saw his uncle died the way he did. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it would have hurt him. It would have hurt him. Of his.
2: course. Joe <laughs> Barnett, we're going to take a break. I. I I promised I would ask you about the first time you used it, and it may not be easy to answer, but we're going to take this break, come back with the weather, and then talk about that, and then we're going to talk about the first time you were wounded as well. Bob Cudaro on the eponymous show, and Joseph Barna, the Korean uh, War veteran, Marine, Patriot, is our guest in studio. We'll take a break and be back. Yeah. Ragged old flag by Johnny Cash from 1974. I got to take a minute uh, for Mother Teresa, St. Teresa today. She's, I, I've got tears in my eyes, so I have to see it through that. Be faithful to the time spent in prayer and make sure that at least half of your prayer is spent in silence. This will bring you closer to Jesus. If you deepen your prayer life, You will grow in holiness and obtain many graces for the souls entrusted to your care. Deepen your love for one another by praying for each other and by sharing thoughts and graces you have received in prayer and reading. And thank you, Mary Regina. And the graces among the graces we have received is having Joseph Barna at 93 with us in studio today. Uh, so Joseph, tell me about tell us about the first time you had to use that awful weapon, the flamethrower.
0: It was about a week or so after I got to the top of the hill there, and one night it was a dark night. The bugles started blowing, the flares went up, the flares came down, the bugles stopped, and all you could hear was hundreds of voices screaming, yelling, hollering. They were coming up the mountain like an anthill. They were bunched together, all bunched up, because they wanted that hill so bad. And it was they were all together in one big bunch. So I was in back at the trench. The lieutenant called me, he said, Joe, you're on. So I went over to the end of the trench with the flamethrower. I leaned over, and I saw them coming up. And they were about maybe... A hundred feet down a down a hill, all lined up, bunched up. Bunched up. So I lit the match on a flamethrower, and I went from left to right. I sprayed them.
2: And you I, got twenty seconds. That's what you got, tops. No, I
0: I, I didn't use twenty seconds up. Yeah. I probably used about half of it up. Yeah. But I I just went. I sprayed them from left to right, and all I could hear was screaming, hollering, crying. I don't know how many I killed, but a lot of them never made it to the top of that hill. The rest of them, they turned around and went back. That So the they, they battle ended right about there. It turned the battle right, right around.
2: How how were you affected for the next time you had to use that weapon? It, 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 was, it had to be just incorporated in you that, that this is what I'm doing. This is the job.
0: <laughs> it's something I never did in my life. I mean, I... I never thought I could kill somebody. I really never thought I could kill somebody.
2: But you knew you had to now.
0: I had to. I mean, when I was six years old.
2: They weren't coming up for a weenie roast.
0: They wanted that hill. Yeah. If they took that hill, they could have broke loose. It's like breaking through a wall and getting to the other side. They, they had to get through that hill.
2: It was a very, very important hill. Big battle. Joe Barnett, tell us. About the first time you were wounded, and you well, received first... you received one Purple Heart. You refused two others. But the first time you were wounded, uh, tell us about that.
0: Well, I was on the, I was going in a trench to one day down a trench one time. Checked by other buddies up there, and they were shelling us. They shelled they shelled us all day, all night. I mean, like I said, they never ran out of shells. They 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 came by the hundreds, maybe thousands, even sometime. But uh, I was walking down, and a shell came and landed pretty close to me, and I could feel my my legs. Ble- I saw my legs bleeding, and there was two pieces of shrapnel, in, one on each leg. But uh, they weren't serious. They weren't serious wounds, actually. So I I yelled for Doc, the corpsman. He came over, and he he treated them. He he patched me up on that. I survived it. And yeah. another get another time. I hear the shells coming in, and I went I went to cover my face, and I got a piece of shrapnel in my elbow. That, it happened almost every day. I mean, you, you had to sit there and take it. I mean, you, you, there was no place you could go, actually. You, yeah. you couldn't climb in a, in a cave or any place. You are in the open. The only guy safe were in the bunker, and if a shell hit a bunker, it could blow that up, too. But you had to just sit there and take it. It was... We were on a defense,
2: yeah, Joe. You told me you went over on a ship with four thousand marines
0: four thousand
2: You had a return trip. Tell me about that.
0: We come home on the same ship july twenty seventh They call a ceasefire. The same ship was out there waiting for us. We come home with seven hundred and fifty marines
2: the cat the casualties, the deaths were staggering for the amount of people we had over there.
0: It was, it was a lot more than what people were told, actually. Yeah. In fact, I met a boy from Freeland who was a grave registration over there. He's an undertaker. In fact, he had, his family had buried most of my family in Freeland. And he was in the Army, and he was in charge of grave registration. And we took two bodies back to him one day. And uh, he tell he's, I said, you ain't getting to me yet. I'm, I'm, I am only brought these guys here. You take, send them home. But he told me, he said he couldn't keep up with the number of guys coming in there.
2: Unreal. The Korean War. Almost forgotten by a lot, but not here. Bob Kadar with you, WILK. We'll take this break, continuing to talk with Joe Barna. Uh, about his exploits, his experiences. And just a reminder, this hour brought to you by Dunmore Lumber Company, 622 South Blakely Street in Dunmore, right near the tank, where they're going to have uh, at the bottom of Blakely Street, which is having uh, a ceremony Monday at 10 a.m. And uh, with this gorgeous weather, we can keep it light. You got to go to the Marjan, the best bargain in golf. Stop at Dunmore Lumber. Get your get your the things you need for your little home improvement projects, and then uh, get to the Marjon and play a little golf. We'll take a break and get back with Joseph Barna on the Bob Cadoro Show after this. Canadian the Marines on it. Soldier's last letter, Merle Haggard, 1970. Bob Cadoro back, and our special guest is Joseph Barna, Korean War veteran, 93 years old, young today. You told me we get on the ship, and you go from 4,000 to 750. But then we took tried to talk about a little bit of the lighter side uh, of your experiences with Korea, and you met Marilyn Monroe.
0: Well, I met Marilyn Monroe in California right before I went over to Korea. She had a USO show, and they were just building her up at that time, and she had the show in Camp Pendleton, California. And the, all the Marines were down there to say goodbye to her, I guess. <laughs> so I was standing right by the stage. And when she finished her act, she came down near the end of the stage there and she put her hand out and I shook her hand. <laughs> <laughs> I came home from Korea 13 months later. I got off the ship. I walked down a gangplank and the, Les Brown was playing. His band was playing there. And there was a girl singing. She was singing, My Hero. It was Doris Day.
2: Uh-huh.
0: I shook her hand, too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, you, you met Ted Williams.
0: And then in Korea, Ted Williams, I, I, I was, we took two bodies back to Kimpo Airfield to fly home. They were, they were killed in action. A jet plane landed in an airfield. And a guy got out of a plane, a tall guy, and was walking towards us by the fence. And when he got close, I said that to my buddy, that looks like Ted Williams. It was Ted Williams, the baseball player. He came over to my, me and my buddies. He said, hey, Mud Marines, what are you doing by the airfield? I said, we brought some guys back to fly home. He said, well, I'll tell you what. I'll give you guys all the air cover I can. Yeah. I, I respect you guys, he says. And Ted Williams had 38 missions in Korea. He was shot down one time, and his plane was completely demolished. But I don't know how he walked away from it, but he, he walked away. He survived. it. I was pl- honored to meet the three damn them people. Yeah. Not many guys can say that.
2: The splendid splinter. All right. You, you talked about a story that happened long after you returned. A Korean doctor by the name of Lee got in touch with you. Tell us about that.
0: Well, I was home one day, and the telephone rang, and a voice, a foreign voice was on the phone, and he said to me, he says, uh, Joseph Boyna, I said, yes, he said, my name is Lee. I was in Korea when you were over there during the war. I was only a little kid then, little boy. So he said, I would like to meet you and take you for dinner someday. So he, we, made a, we made a date, and he came to Freeland one day, and we went up to the restaurant, and we had dinner. We talked, and here he told me his name was Dr. Lee, and he was a baby doctor performing over at Hazleton Hospital. He was a baby doctor there. I found out that he had delivered five of my grandchildren. Huh. So then we had dinner. I thanked him. He thanked me, and he gave me an envelope, before he left, he said, "Don't open this till he get home."
2: Now tell us what he said to you. He, he, he thanked you, but he
0: he thanked me for save for being there, saving his country. He told me he was so grateful that we were over there fighting for his country. So he said, he gave me this envelope. He said, "Don't open it till he get home." I went home. I opened the envelope. There was two hundred dollar bills in it. Huh. I. St- I sent it back to him because I said, I didn't do it for the money doctor. I said, I did it because it's me. And we we had a job to do. It's our obligation to help your country. I, I was proud to do it.
2: Joe Barna, you were telling me you've had a, a wonderful life. And it's for you at 93 and for all you experienced, it's not just a trite saying. You had a wonderful, amazing life.
0: I feel... I feel I lived the life my parents wanted me to have, and God wanted me to have, and I feel that He's waiting. I know He's waiting for me up there someplace, but uh, I'm in no hurry. I, like, I would like, <laughs> I, I would like to stay, I would like to stay around a little bit longer because I now have a great great grandson. He's four years old, Wow. and I would love to take him fishing at least one time before. I go up to see my buddies in heaven, those who God took too soon.
2: Joe, you talked about the corpsman who saved you. And you said you would, you would have traded some of your years so he could have made it through that war.
0: Yes, I I, I said at one of my, when I talked one time while I was in Texas, I said, why couldn't God have given Jackie Kilmer half of the 70 years Jackie Kilmer gave me? yeah we both be we both would have had a few more years of happiness, but he takes he takes too many great ones too soon, yeah, and he leaves some he gives some extra years of life so they don't forget the ones that went too soon. And that's what Memorial Day is all about.
2: We're honored to have you, Joseph Barna, and uh you better hang on because we've got to get you on the t v show
0: I'm not going to quit. <laughs>
2: Joseph Barna, uh, loved having you in the studio. I thank you for being with us. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your life. Thank uh, you. Uh, it's amazing sharing your experiences with uh, everybody, our extended family here on this show. Thank you very much. All right. <sighs> Joseph Barna, uh, that's how you do Memorial Day. I, I I probably got to listen to this again, this show, and how I'll, I'll celebrate Memorial Day, uh, our honor, and we make sure we do this again. I'll be here. <laughs> I'm for the Bloomberg Money Minute, and uh, we'll do a little bit, and then go to the news after that. But wow, Joseph Barna from Freeland. We'll be back. The Bob Cordaro show podcast.
1: All-star closer. Kenley Jansen. We have a question. What's the best podcast of all time?